What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind, broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Cosmic, Cosmic Radio. Twisted Soul. Futuristica Radio. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. My name is Imran. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, your company, as always, is massively appreciated. So thank you once again. Uh, a quick reminder that the Blue in Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet uh, radio station that broadcasts from London and uh, is really, really fortunate to be able to present shows brought to you exclusively from across the whole wide world. Uh, so we have shows coming to us from London in the UK. We have uh, shows from Paris, France. We have shows from San Jose, California, uh, Denver, Colorado, Melbourne, Australia, and Niigata, Japan. Uh, and it's incredible. We, we, um, love to celebrate basically our unwavering passion for innovative and uh, inspired new music and uh, on that note i can't think of a better segue uh, to discuss our featured uh, guest on the podcast episode today today i have the incredible uh, fortune and uh, luck to be able to spend time with uh, ali wilding uh, her debut EP, uh, The Love Chord, is due out uh, on the 11th of February, 2022. Um, and I'd encourage you guys to check out her Bandcamp page where you where you can purchase the EP. Um, the link for that will be in the description of this very episode. Um, she uh, bases, based in Washington, D.C. Uh, <laughs> I honestly couldn't begin to list uh, the, the incredible talents and everything that, that is put forward through this project by by uh by ali uh producer uh composer saxophonist writer vocalist it's just it's 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 criminal <laughs> you can encounter um, or that i would get to spend time with someone this insanely talented i'm so enthused uh about uh the ep it is such a fantastic uh project again it just beaming with creativity and ideas and uh i yeah it's just my 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 mission to, <laughs> to have people to have as many people as possible here and appreciate this wonderful project for uh, the brilliance uh, that it is so um yeah we we kind of we we discuss everything about what's gone into the project what ali's journey uh, has been up to this point as well in music and um it's you know, I, I think one of the coolest things about uh, Ali is just this this compulsion to create, and uh, it's just a wonderful thing to kind of to be around and kind of to, to share that that time and energy with her. So, uh, I'm massively excited about the episode today, and I really hope you guys uh, check it out and enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, quick. Um, mention uh, regular listeners of the podcast will know that we feature two songs uh, per episode so ali um, in this case uh, our guest will pick the closing number but i have the luxury of picking the opening one i can't think of a better song well i can think of several um in terms of you know we've got a brilliant five track uh, project here there are a 
bunch of amazing music on Ali's SoundCloud page as well. But I think a great introduction to um, the Love Chord EP is the opening number, which is just, uh, <laughs> it's so good. And uh, it's called The Rough, and uh, there are so many, you know, we, you, can't, you can't go wrong with, with any of them. Uh, Tell Me was a big standout for me as well. I'm going to go with The Rough in this case, and um, a great introduction to the album excuse me to the ep uh and i hope you guys will check the episode out and uh explore uh the music further so uh massive thanks again to ali for her time and um yes friends please feel free to visit us at blueingreenradio.com where you can find the full backlist catalog of our podcast episodes as well as our live um, 24 hours a day seven days a week radio stream which you can catch as well so uh thank you once again for checking out the episode and i hope you enjoy the show
you so much. Um, I'm, I feel terrible for invading your weekend, um, but I'm so grateful for your time. I've been really looking forward to kind of hanging out uh, for, for a while. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, this is, the pleasure is seriously all mine. I am so excited to talk to you and I can't thank you enough. Yeah, this is, this is uh, fantastic. So, yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're very kind and it's, uh, I guess we're, we're it's, it's very exciting because obviously we're just under a week away from uh, the release of, of, of your, your first EP. And I have like, uh, I have notes, I have like a hundred questions. Uh, so I'm really, really excited to kind of, to kind of pick your brains and kind of figure out, uh, how, uh, how so, so much of it has come together. But, um, I guess before that, I guess, you know, how are you? You're, you're in Washington. Um, I, I, I understand your, uh, what, what is a winter in Washington? Like, is it, is it particularly cold this time of year for starters? You know, it's, I'm doing well. The weather is, is, it's fairly mild, but we've kind of been having a bit of a chilly winter. So it's been a little on the cold side, but, Mm. uh, you know, I can't complain too much. Right. How is your kind of, um, where are you at in terms of like a quarantine and, uh, social distancing kind of element over there? Is it, most things back to normal or are there still quite a lot of rules in place it's i mean i think most things are back to normal if you've heard anything about what's going on in the u.s it's uh, it's a bit of a mess uh in in certain regards but here it's a bit of a patchwork you, you know if you're in dc everybody's kind of masked up and uh distancing and everything mm. else and that's you have to present your your card, your vaccination record right. to, to get into the bar, you know, so I was at the bar last night and here's my card and everything. Wow. But then, you know, I live in Maryland, just outside of the city. And then depending on, you know, which county you're in, it's, it's, it's all kind of slightly different. And some places you go, no one's wearing masks inside and right. it just, yeah. So uh, it's been interesting, but I'm doing well overall. So with, with regard to that. How did you find um, that, if I may ask, that initial kind of quarantine period? Was there, I imagine that you had a lengthy stint at home where, you you know, where everyone, everything was shut down, wasn't it? How did you kind of find that, that period of time? Uh, I guess from a creative level, was it, were you kind of like, wow, this is great. I've got all this time to, to kind of create, (laughs) or did you find yourself really kind of, uh, hindered uh, by like an inability to to kind of capitalize on it in any way. Mm, yeah, that's a great question. I I think I was. I mean, I don't think this record would have been. I don't think I would have finished it without COVID wow. and the quarantine and that whole experience. And it feels again we almost sort of weird saying that considering how disruptive and. Uh, you know, horrible, uh, it's been for so many people. So I acknowledge that. And, and, uh, you know, I don't mean to be dismissive of that. But for me, it was so I work in education, uh, I'm a teacher, and sort of my day job. So I found myself suddenly going from being in a classroom with, you know, kids uh, in person to suddenly having to pivot to be totally in virtual learning. Mm. And so that was, that was hard. It was challenging, but it also meant that I was 
home a lot more in my little office space where I do all my recording. And I, you know, I didn't have to commute to work anymore, uh, or at least for, you know, a period of time. And so I did have more time. And creatively, I just, I was able to actually focus and finish some, some ideas and things and really get some momentum. Uh, And so, yeah, that was powerful. But also like all the live performance, all the bands I was in, all the projects that I was doing before just completely went sort of by the wayside yeah. and, you know, took on new life in different ways. But I kind of, yeah, a lot of things just dramatically changed. It's really interesting when you kind of speak to people and ask them that, that question, because some people uh, were completely kind of um, stunted creatively as a result of not being able to just experience every day or new things uh in the way that they normally would and things that would inspire them whether that just be being in a room with another artist and being able to vibe off of them and create Mm. in that way so you you know you kind of speak to people who are like yeah it was it wasn't very productive and I found it really you know depressing as a result of not being able to create but then it's great to speak to someone as you've just said like who was able to maximize uh the time and make it a blessing in its own way and I obviously as you've said I, I mean that with all respect and courtesy to, to you know to the people that were really affected obviously job wise and the people who lost their jobs and stuff like that so in some ways it was a blessing for for certain aspects of things wasn't it yeah it's it's fascinating when I think about it but it's I think I needed the time to find a sense of focus that there was just a lot of noise and distractions and so somehow for some reason I just creatively was really able to I mean there, there weren't a lot of other options maybe that was part of it but uh, yeah I really was able to kind of dig in and explore some some ideas and you know find a little bit more routine and discipline with mm. some of the extra free time right and obviously teaching during that um that period as you say that uh that must that must have been uh, hellacious i imagine <laughs> i mean it it was it was challenging i will say that you know teaching is one of these jobs that uh you have to sort of be really flexible and pivot and I started teaching in, in the Baltimore city schools. That was my first job I did. I taught English for four years and that was a situation where, uh, you know, resources weren't always there and you really had to be creative with, uh, not a lot. And in my current situation, uh, you know, we have a lot of resources and, you know, I, I don't know, I think it was, I was able to, uh, make the trend. It was the transition was not uh, as horrible as I think it's been for for many other educators, and is still really challenging for educators. I feel really lucky in a lot of ways that I'm in a situation teaching wise where uh, I've been I've, I felt supported by the school where I work and right. uh, and that kind of thing. So that's been that's been a, a good uh, a very good thing. Um, and you you teach journalism, is that correct? I do. Yes. So and I teach journalism. 
and you've you've you obviously that's a that's a, a, a mantle you've 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 you worn yourself obviously you've you, you've been one uh yourself for 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 well for many years isn't that right like i've got i saw some of your uh your documentaries from uh your time in baltimore in uh yeah. the, the 2011 um uh the uh like the food truck one which was super cool and uh the one with the, the kids sort of um Gosh, at such a crazy young age, and them embracing jazz in that context was uh, was really inspiring to sort of see as well. But uh, what's been what sort of has always been your pull to journalism? Uh, I essentially was so I, I studied literature at university undergrad, and uh, you know always had an interest in writing, uh, whether it was creatively. Well, I didn't actually know at the time that I wanted to do more nonfiction narrative and, and journalistic stuff. But uh, then I you know, went and taught English in Baltimore, just living in that, in that town, in that city. And uh, a lot of the things that I sort of saw and experienced and working in the classroom and working with kids and sort of seeing a lot of the you know, systemic uh, challenges that the city was really facing. Uh, that sort of inspired me to to get more involved in in journalistic work, doing some stuff with a local public radio station, and uh, eventually I I applied for grad school uh, at the University of Maryland, and that's where I did my my journalism uh, master's degree, and I kind of kept working in journalism, and uh, but eventually sort of got pulled back into the classroom because I really sort of missed. Uh, that interaction and teaching and the energy that you kind of get from, from working with young people and being around young people. Uh, so what I do now teaching journalism and, and sort of digital media arts and media production for kids like 11 to 18 ish kind of teenagers. Uh, yeah. I'm able to really bring together some of my interests in both journalism and kind of teaching kids and supporting media projects. And that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think my interest in journalism uh, has sort of always been there, but was more recently cultivated, I guess. Mm. That is super cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting kind of um, dichotomy of, of, of things that connect really. you. Cause you teach, as you said, digital media and journalism, how do you think one, inf- one informs the other in this day and age? Mm. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, I sort of teach these digital media courses with younger kids and I do journalism with the older kids. Uh, and, uh, I teach the digital media courses as sort of journalistic courses really, but I do incorporate sort of more creativity and narrative, but, uh, I, I think there's, it's, it's just sort of a fascinating field, but also it's something that uh, there's sort of this saturation and particularly with, with young people, there's, you know, they're consuming a lot of media. So I talk, I'm, you know, I guess my, my main point with them is kind of thinking about themselves as creators of media, not just consumers of it and how to kind of be critical about what it is that you're, that you're watching and, uh, and and that it helps as you are also creating it too. So it's sort of this discussion that happens uh, back and forth between kind of analyzing media, but also kind of creating it at the same time. It's crazy how how different a field it would be, you know, for for kids going into it now, say, than twenty years ago. 
uh, it, it's a completely Absolutely. different kind of realm now, isn't it? And so much more at your disposable disposal, so many more ways to kind of connect and, and get a message across than there were, say, I just as, really as little as 20 years ago. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even since I was in grad school, you know, like 2010, 2011, that time, it, it, it's, there's been a lot of changes. So uh, I try to stick to some of the fundamentals of things that I kind of learned in doing, you know, photojournalism courses and audio production and uh, that kind of, you know, video production. But uh, but yeah, lots lots has cha- have, has changed over time, mm-hmm. and and certainly, uh, yeah, you have to sort of adapt in the classroom. Mm-hmm. You wrote something on your your website which it grabbed me straight away because I I thought it resonated so much with your sort of your academic life as well as your music. But you you wrote that I'm interested in the intersection of storytelling and sound, and that's such a great. It's a, such a great summation. I think it, you instantly see it in your music, but it's again, it, it's it's a really uh, a fascinating description of what your, your of what we've just discussed. Really, that kind of that cross section of you know these interconnecting disciplines that, and you find that sweet spot in the middle where everything kind of comes together and makes sense. It's a brilliant uh, summation of your your outlook in general. I think. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's, I think I've always, there's been a tension in my life that hasn't always, it's felt like a, a, an actual tension, not, not uh, sort of uh, the opposite of that. And between writing and, and music, uh, I, I felt like I've always been pulled in one direction or another, and I can't really ever, uh, you know, uh, kind of satisfy one or the other and trying to find sort of a peaceful coexistence. I don't know if I'm ever going to find a peaceful coexistence, but uh, has, I don't know, that has, journey is, is one that I've been on. And uh, I've always sort of just felt like I had to almost choose one or the other. And uh, I, I think uh, the way that I view my music now is certainly as uh, almost a, a very like literary way of of storytelling and of you know what am I trying to say here and and thinking about it as a writer almost but but through sound if, if that makes mm. sense absolutely I think that's a that's a it's a fascinating way of of approaching it and I think it's instantly endearing to someone I think to hear you describe it as a journey and something that you're still discovering as opposed to someone who who could potentially say nailed it i know exactly what i want to achieve and i've it's this is my presentation and full stop but the the fact you consider it a a discovery an ongoing kind of journey i i think that makes it so much more kind of intriguing about your kind of your process and your your sort of journey to that point i mean do you do you find it a struggle do you you know do you do you kind of uh just in, in creating in general if you're in terms of music do you find it something that just comes effortlessly or do you find it like where you're trying to achieve something in your head that you you don't quite know what it sounds like does that make sense mm, yeah uh, uh that's a great question i think for me it's it's very organic my process of creating music and it's experimental it's a journey, however you want to think about it. Uh, 
but in in the best case scenario uh i am just trying to kind of get out of my own way and just put out nice. uh nice. you know my myself and not let the tech get in the way or not let uh any sort of uh my 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 own mind my inner critic just sort of allow this like release to happen and i really don't know where i don't i don't have any intention usually when i sit down to to write i found i just sort of start to go it may start with a little kernel of an idea a little riff that i hear maybe i sing i record it on my phone i'm at work or i'm in the car and i take it home and then i try it out and you know it's just sort of spontaneous and and then i've found afterwards after only after i you know with the ep uh, as I'm sitting down trying to figure out, I kind of knew like these these songs are kind of connected, but only as I started to kind of write about it did I really truly start to have a better sense of of what I was doing. But uh, it's just ongoing, just discovery and joy. Like it's just really joyful for me to to create new things it's so exciting i can't even explain i just i love it it's like my happy space to be just you know in the studio creating most of the time it's by myself sometimes there, there are other people around but for the most part it's just been this sort of self discovery and has just been one of the most if not the most sort of magical beautiful things i've ever done that's awesome. That's that's incredible. There's um there are so many different facets to to what you kind of you you present to your music. I uh the, the notion of you as a saxophonist seems to be that one of the most prevalent elements uh to your music. How long have you been playing, and what what led you to the saxophone? Yeah, I think of myself at this point predominantly, you know, as a sax player, and and uh. But I realize there there are other elements to what I do besides just saxophone. Uh, but I started playing sax when I was about 10, 11 years old. So it's been a while now. Uh, and, you know, essentially, I, I my parents uh, had me start off in, you know, piano. I took piano when I was you know, maybe eight and kind of hated that. Did it, but... I was not a kid that really enjoyed, you know, I, I look back and I like, I have memorized pieces and do other things, but you know, that was not particularly that special uh, as a, as a musician. And I, and I didn't enjoy the type of music that I was playing. Mm. And then, uh, but I, I was in a school and a school system or local public school system that had, it was a pretty good music program and I had a great teacher. So I started on clarinet with my, my, my teacher who would eventually become uh, the director of my middle school jazz band. And I switched over to sax once I got to my middle school and uh, just kind of uh, happened to start on tenor, maybe because I was a little bit taller, a little bigger, I don't know, but uh, they had me playing, he had me playing tenor. And uh, the school happened to have a, a good jazz program really big kind of jazz band, lots of, I think, I don't know, there were like 15 saxophones in there and 10 trumpets. I mean, it was massive. It must have just Amazing. been just like a wall of sound. Uh, but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, this was a the a school where you know we would go to perform at different like competitions around the San Francisco Bay Area, and and uh, uh, yeah, so that's how I kind of got in got into playing and just loved it, and uh, essentially just uh, started improvising and and fell in love. Really, that I I didn't really enjoy. I liked the music, you know, enough concert band and other things, but the jazz band, I absolutely loved, particularly when I, I sort of started to improvise. And that was when I found kind of a voice musically and, and where I kind of started to realize like, Oh, I have a different, or I have a special relationship with music. That's, Mm. that's just, you know, like on a soul kind of level. Mm. That's, um, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's clearly something that you've you've had for a really long time I mean I was on your SoundCloud page I think when I first uh, stumbled on it and I mean you've you've been uploading music for a really long time like <laughs> like like in, in a great I mean that as a compliment <laughs> I mean that's a nice thing to say uh, but like yeah. you've, it's it, which is in, incredible and it's it's so inspiring that you've you've sort of nurtured it you know and you you've 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 been creating for that long I mean I guess to, to fast forward a bit, why, why, like, is this is the love chord, obviously we're discussing now. Uh, uh, why, what's made you kind of want to say, I'm going to, I don't know, is it, is it a matter of you now taking it seriously? Uh, is it something that you, you kind of want to try and make more of a go of, or, you know, cause obviously with SoundCloud is you're, you're posting up these wonderful pieces of music, which I, I'm going to pester you about a little later saying, what are we going to do with these songs? <laughs> because they're so incredibly good. And I can't think how much you must have like a Prince level vault uh, of the sort of music that you, you, you don't have. So I'm, I'm fascinated by, you know, with the love chord, it's you, you getting to the point where you're saying here, I'm going to put this EP out. So I'm curious as to say, why, you've reached that point say now as opposed to many many years ago yeah yeah that's also a great question I think I think I just I had to have certain experiences maybe uh to to get me to that point I mean I think when I was just uh uploading music before I say just but uh I was uploading music I was again you know maybe I was living in a house and I mean, it follows me through many aspects of my life, but uh, I feel like I started kind of working in like garage bands and really simple, like USB microphones and basically like the tech that I could kind of afford at the time and just doing it to kind of get my ideas out and share with people, mostly who I, you know, already knew like posting to my friends and family on Facebook or something like that. And uh, just sort of kept doing it, kept feeling compelled to do it, to put music out, but never thinking, oh, let me, I could actually put this music on. I could, I could make, a, make a whole EP, a whole record and, and put it somewhere so that more people could hear it. I, I thought at the time it was like SoundCloud was basically the extent of where I would go. And, uh, but then I started, I was, playing with a lot more bands I started just putting a lot more time into playing with other people kind of locally here in DC and so I was playing with more bands I was you know mostly just kind of some more like original projects but a lot of them were kind of cover bands 
uh, performing at like local bars, VFWs, uh, and you know places like that where the crowds were pretty pretty small, but still like you know spirited, uh, you know right. outdoor kind of festivals and gatherings of, of people. Um, and yeah, just playing a ton and getting different experiences playing out. And I think at a certain point, as I started again with being home because of COVID and doing my own thing, I was able to, you know, start with Ableton, start experimenting. So just gradually I got a push The Ableton has this instrument called the push. So I was kind of experimenting a little bit with that and writing music. And eventually I just started to say to myself, why not, why not, why not do something more with this? Mm. And it just sort of, I had to get there almost mentally, emotionally and mentally, but so much of it was mental. I kind of feel like I was uh, not uh, confident enough, not uh, just felt like it just wasn't good enough somehow. And I needed to finish the songs fully and that was a process. Uh, and yeah, again, it, it was, it was, it took, it took a while for me to, to get comfortable enough to really be able to kind of do that. And, uh, I, I think really that feeling of, of COVID and lockdown and, and things that were happening, you know, just with certain, you know, a colleague of mine, a friend of mine passed away. She was very young. She was in my department. Thank you. Yeah. And that happened just right before COVID. And I think between that, everything with COVID, everything with lockdown, uh, I think I just sort of started to feel like, why not me? Why not now? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what is, what is this life if you're not, uh, just making the most of it. So that was, that was a huge inspiration in a way. Mm. I think it's incredible that you were, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm compelled to the kind of the, um, I don't know, I refer to them somewhat as the thankless creatives, the, the people who are just sort of compelled to do it without any, you know, if, it, whether or not people embrace it or not but it's this compulsion to to kind of create you know and I, mm. I I'm always sort of fascinated by that um in someone so to you know from the SoundCloud you know music that you've you have been uploading which is so so incredibly good um mm. for it to sort of to be there and for it not to be attached to you trying to break into the industry in any way is 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 remarkable i think i'm i'm really surprised that at no point you you know you were in a band that you know were trying to get signed or it you know it didn't seem to cross your mind at all i'm really surprised that you know to to have the sort of the the amount of history you have with music that it was never something that you were trying to do really previously yeah it's it's uh it's interesting it's only really been a recent thing that i've started to feel like really compelled to do it and uh and and see myself in that way I I think part of it too is with a lot of the the other bands I was playing with and 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 other things you know in that in that regard it's like constantly especially as a sax player you know you're never really 
you know, out front and center and you're, you're always kind of trying to support other people right. and to blend in. And I mean, you could talk a lot too about sort of gender and women and, you know, us uh, as, as women uh, kind of blending and not trying to, to sort of um, be heard so much, right. That sort of, uh, there's something there with, with, um, or at least in my experience, um, having to kind of fight that uh, tendency. And for me, this is, this was a huge, and when I say it was sort of an emotional and a, and a mental journey was accepting this idea, like I have something to say and, you know, I can put my, where's my vision here and how can I make that happen? And realizing like, oh, I have the tools to do that. I don't know how to do everything, but I have some strengths and I have some, if for the things that I don't have, I can get help. I can ask people, I can bring those people into my project. Uh, that was just also just like such a revelation almost of saying like, oh, oh, why, you know, I can do this. So, uh, you know, I, I am touched by the fact that you, that you went and listened to those, those SoundCloud yeah. tracks and, and heard and sort of see like this slow kind of steady process of, of my experience. Um, so I'm, I'm just, you know, I think there's just a lot, I'm really looking forward to where this is going. Cause I really mm. have no clear vision. It just <laughs> continues. I have some, some thoughts, but you know, it's not like, you know, anything is super set in stone in my mind. I, I mean, and I, and I do want to say too, I think some of this comes from the fact that I have, you know, you know, I have some like formal music training, but I mean, I didn't go to school and study music and ha I don't have sort of the built-in networks and communities. That I think right. some people, you know, when you, when you decide at a young age, that's what I want to do. You know, your life kind of goes in that direction if you want it to. And I spent a lot of my younger period almost wanting to distance myself from that because I felt like that was the only way that people saw me. Uh, and I wanted to be more than a musician. So I, I almost right. think it's ironic that I'm like, now as I'm older, I'm like, wait, this is actually the thing that's been, that's, that's like, feels so central to me. And mm. so like the, this like beautiful, like kind of core that's just driving me and allowing for some expression that in other ways I just can't express myself. Wonderfully put. Um, Going back, just if I may, um, I want to touch on what you just said, but something else you said uh, about kind of the uh, performing and sort of blending in and, um, mm. you know, not being sort of center stage. I mean, how, how do you, um, just the notion of performing uh, like on a live stage in general, how how is that as an experience for you? Is that something that you, uh, you enjoy? Is it something that you, um, you know, you uh, what made you nervous or anything like that? What were your kind of experiences performing uh, sort of in a live setting? Mm, I I love, I'm somebody that absolutely loves to perform live. I do love the energy of, of an audience of that sort of uh, just, I can't necessarily put into words what that is, but anyone who's, you know, seen live music knows what that mm. is. But for, as a performer, it's, it's, uh, it's even, more, I think, uh, 
well, I don't know if it's more powerful, but it's, it's different. And so I do, uh, I love that. I don't, there's some people who just live for that. That's all they want to do. And I have found that I also just get a lot of energy from creating music alone, you know? So, uh, but I, but the issue of time is definitely different in the sense that when you perform live, you're very present, you perform and you have like instant feedback, right? You're the, the audience will instantly let you know how that went, you know, and you, you finish. And I kind of got used to, from the time I was young, I finish a show and people come up to me and they say stuff and they say really nice things. And, you know, you get that external kind of recognition and validation and everything else. And, but, and then it just sort of, it goes, it evaporates and you move on to the next thing, you know, whereas this has been such a different experience or composing and creating and producing music because the time just stretches out in this way that's so different than a live performance. It's like the time from when you create something initially to when you it's mixed and mastered and released, and then it's just out in the world. It's just totally, uh, it's just, it's just a different, it's just a different experience that I'm still kind of uh, getting used to, especially with more people hearing it than just, you know, on SoundCloud. Mm. Um, But they work together. They're related for sure. These two different experiences, uh, but they feel uh, the the experience of composing and creating alone feels much more like writing in in a sense of of crafting a story or sitting and mulling over what you know who's this what what am I trying to say what's the the atmosphere going to be like I mean it's it's a lot like writing uh, a story or creating a whole world. And, and so I, I like that I've been able to kind of make these writing connections again with my music. I was something I was going to ask you about because about that difference of sort of making music as a solitary experience where it's just you alone creating, you know, like tracks for like the love chord uh, kind of in every aspect by yourself. But, you know, obviously there it's, I mean, do you, do you prefer that in as much as if you're collaborating, there's a lot of, um, uh, I've gone blank on the word, um, compromise, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, do, do you find yourself where you think, I really think we should do this, but then there's a, like a, other people like, no, 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 we need to go in this direction. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is frustrating because I'm, you know, I'm not able to kind of take things where I want to but then obviously with it um when you're you know creating on by yourself there is no compromise I mean Mm. you know is is one a far more preferable experience over the other Mm. I mean I think again and I'm, I'm just I've learned so much about myself in this in this process it's been uh just very eye-opening in some ways but one of the things that I've I've learned or I've kind of some self-reflection is uh you know I'm a pretty like mellow chill kind of person that often will just sort of like go with the flow right and so put me in like a band with a bunch of people and or not that many people but I mean I'm pretty much just like somebody says 
do this or why don't you try that or do this? I'm going to probably just say, okay, like, yeah, let me come up with this part. And that might be my contribution. But, uh, you know, I don't, uh, or at least I haven't in the past sort of tried to like shape the direction of a particular band or group. I have always joined projects that there's sort of like already somebody else's vision that's in place, you know, and I have just, I've learned a ton in doing that and I wouldn't take back those experiences, but I think part of me, you know, doing all these, you know, experiments in SoundCloud and trying different things and then going and playing in a bunch of bands and now going, coming back with like that experience and, you know, sort of newer tech and that kind of thing has really given me the sense of like, uh, I have a better idea of maybe what my vision is and what I can contribute and a better sense of my own kind of musical voice and ideas. Mm. And it was like, I had to do this alone journey. And I think, you know, going forward, I wouldn't say either of them are preferable. Uh, I mean, I think at the moment I would probably say I prefer now creating my own world in my own you know, sort of the vision that I have there. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that there's so many good things that come from collaboration and, and working with other people. And uh, so I, I definitely want to, you know, try to bring other people in, hopefully into some of the things that I'm creating and producing, trying to incorporate more people and also, you know, contribute to other people's ideas yeah. as well. Out of, uh, for fun, who would be a dream collaborator for you to either record or perform with? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> well, going back to kind of my high school days, my like one of my absolute like legend icon favorite musicians is Nika Costa. Oh, wow. And, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, she's like she's uh, I heard everybody got their something yeah. back. You know, when it, yeah, I saw her perform live in San Francisco and she sort of was touring for that and like nobody knew who she was. And none of my friends wanted to go see that show. And so I like go alone. <laughs> and, uh, but it was just amazing. She just tore, tore the house down. So she, she's somebody that's a little more like high energy, but at the same time, uh, you know, she would be, just just for like nostalgia's sake and also uh, like the production on that album was was just so incredible and I, you know she's just a really gifted musician and performer so she's somebody that I that would be just awesome to work with I imagine yeah she's she's amazing I have three of her her albums she's got uh, she had a great run of projects and you're right that every everybody got there something was a uh, a wonderful album, Pebble to a Pearl, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Another another brilliant way. She's got some wonderful music. That's a great pick. I think you you have a Nika Costa song on the SoundCloud as well, right? I may have at some point done a Nika Costa song. I I recently tried to do Corners of My Mind, and that right. might be something in a future a uh, future uh, you know project. If I do like a like an LP, I'm thinking maybe I'll do I'll do something with that. Uh, but yeah, absolutely love love her, and uh, she's somebody too who, I mean, truthfully, in my mind, she should be you know kind of 
world renowned, right. like everyone yeah. should know who she is. But, you know, many, most, she's kind of this, uh, she's a bit of a niche, you know, uh, uh, artist in a way. And I think, you know, her fusion of all these different, this blend of all these different genres that she kind of brings in way before her time, but also just, you know, it speaks to me, like, I'm going to, she's going to pull in some blues, some funk, some soul, right. some, yeah. Yeah. you know, just that, that jazz, you know, hip hop sampling stuff. Uh, I, that approach uh, just really um, resonates with me. But, you know, she's not, she's not somebody that I think because she does so much experimentation and, and you know, trying of different genres, you know, I don't know how she can be placed into to different categories. And so maybe she never became as famous as she could have been if she just sort of gone in on, you know, one of those. Mm. That's always a, an interesting way of, uh, you know, it's, it's something that people either embrace or subsequently people find um, difficult to know what to do with an artist uh, who kind of comes at things from so many different angles. I mean, how do you kind of wear that tag? in regards to kind of when you're creating music, do you kind of think, well, I mean, because this ties into you having to kind of market yourself now as, a, as an independent artist, and you have to think about that as a presentation as well of your of your own name in music. Do you kind of think, look, I'm just going to make what I want to make. If it hits, it hits, that's great. Or, or, or is there like an element of like a marketing hat that you subsequently have to put on and think, okay, well, where where can, where can I effectively target this? Yeah. I mean, there hasn't been only once I had all the music, did I sort of say, Oh, where do I fit in? How right. do, how would I, you know, describe myself? And uh, so the approach has definitely been, I'm just going to make music and I'm just going to go forward. And I do, I think going forward at the, at least at this point, I'm just going to stick with, I'm just going to keep making the music that I want to make and, you know, just let it be. and because I do for me personally, if I were to try to say, okay, I'm going to make just like lo-fi stuff, or I'm just going to do this. I, I just have a hard time. I can't even just play my saxophone, right? I can't, (laughs) uh, you know, I, I just, I, I'm just kind of all over the place. Uh, And so I just need to make music that's just kind of all over the place. And hopefully people will like it. And hopefully or maybe in the process, you know, I'll realize like, I just really want to do uh, some one particular style. And, uh, but I always think too, that I'm not playing like what I'm doing is not jazz. I'm, I'm always like, I'm not, it's not just jazz. It's got jazz, but yet I often just get people telling me that it's jazz. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, I think it'll be interesting to, as once the whole EP is out to kind of get feedback from people to sort of see how do they classify it. Mm. Uh, But for now, I'm just going to do me, you know, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to make my music and, and hopefully people will enjoy it. Yeah, they they absolutely will. I mean, it's it's getting such great responses online. I think so. It's it's really exciting to see. Um, I, I think it will only continue to to kind of to grow, and the more 
it spreads and the more people hear it, I think they're going to uh, genuinely be drawn uh, to, to you and your, your amazing music because it's, it's, it's wonderful stuff and it's, I'm very enthused by it and uh, kind of inspired by it. So it's, uh, yeah, this is, as I say, it's a great pleasure to be able to talk to you about kind of that process and how stuff comes together for you. And uh, so, yeah, it's awesome stuff. Um, how do you, like, I suppose with that, um, it, it, so it doesn't impact maybe the decisions that you make in terms of creating, but having to have that kind of <laughs> that that horrible marketing hat, <laughs> whereas you're on one side, it's like, I just want to create. It can't everything else just fit in around that. You know, what do you have or have you had to consider? Right. I've I've got this now. How do I get people to hear it? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I but see I you know I've kind of the journalist in me does kind doesn't mind it as much because it's sort of like oh let me like do some research on you know different types of playlists that I could like pitch some of these songs to. Right. But it is hard because the songs are kind of it's not like it's all just like down tempo or all jazz or all like there's there's they're 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 related in some way to me thematically but i don't know uh yeah it it is it is it has been a little bit of a challenge thinking about how to to market it and uh i i think this i just sort of have to view this first official release of mine this first ep just as uh you know, the trial run where I, I am seeing how people respond, seeing what people respond to seeing, you know, and I've just been, I thank you so much for your, for your kind words and your support and, and other support that I received too. It's just, I really genuinely thought it's a win. I finished it like just in and of itself, just putting it out there and then whatever else happens, like, great. But, uh, you know, I just, yeah, even when, you know, pitching this to Spotify, you know, you have to choose certain genres and it's like, what, you know, what is, what actually is this and what's the best way to, to, to get it to the right people. And it's, you know, it, it feels like a crapshoot for sure. Hmm. And uh, I just, I hope that if I just keep making music, uh, you know, I hope, I think that the joy will keep staying with me. And I, I hope that, that in turn, other people will hear it. And that's the trick is just finding, finding the people who will like the music is, is, uh, is hard because there's just so much out there. So, um, yeah. It's funny because I had a conversation with someone not too long ago who we were talking about, say, music in this sort of digital age and they had said it would be so it, they said they felt it was harder now um than it would have been 20 30 years ago because there's so much online mm-hmm. but i would have thought i mean it's it's funny because you could go back and forth about it because now it's just so much easier to be picked up at the same time you obviously it needs the right path the right playlist the right person to hear it etc but i suppose you can reach people now you can reach people in japan <laughs> you know mm-hmm. sort of from the other end of a computer screen whereas that wasn't possible you know 20 odd years ago or 20 30 years ago so it, it's funny they, they felt it was harder 
today because of the influx of music there is say uh online and Bandcamp, camp etc etc but uh i mean it's yeah it's that that notion of um, the fact we're talking i'm in london you're in washington uh you know yeah. that's kind of the point isn't it about how <laughs> how quickly it can kind of spread uh so far beyond your control right i think i think it's true that it, it probably is harder to cut through the noise there's just so much more, but at the mm. same time, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I couldn't, I probably would never have made, it never occurred to me to, you know, when I was in high school, even like, oh, I can actually, you know, make, make a record, make an album, release it. There were just so many more steps of, oh, I've got to, you know, somehow get studio time and that was going to cost money. And, Manager, you know, then agent. manager, just the whole, the whole, the whole thing just sort of, it just never, it never, and even just making the music itself, like I would have had to have put together a whole band, I would have right. had to have, yeah. you know, whereas now it's, it's kind of like, okay, I did all of this essentially from my bedroom, right? Like, I, mm. you know, I don't actually sleep in the same room, but, yeah. uh, you know, from my home, we'll say, sure. and and to me, that that is that's insane. Like that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, and but it's true. You, I have in that. So after finishing the 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 record, uh, I kind of have moved in. I've had to move into this space of kind of figuring out how do I market it, how do I get it out there, what do I do. And that takes up time. You know, I'm not, I have my job and then I come home and it's like, okay, here's my other job of just like, where, where is this going to go? And how am I going to get people to hear it? And, and then thinking like, well, okay, like if people don't hear it, you know, that that's not a big deal. I've got to keep making music and I've got to find people to play with and I've got to perform and I've got to, so it just starts it, it's the marketing side does take away from some of the creative time. Sure. And so I often think about, you know, big, big labels that have people that can do that. And I'm like, Oh, that would be so nice to just have somebody <laughs> to like do all these social media posts or do all this, you know, but uh, not there. I'm not there yet. You know, yet. yeah. <laughs> Got to oh, keep telling man. myself someday, maybe, you know, who knows? Oh, I think I'm, I'm hoping you'll be able to write your own uh, kind of path and whatever. You, you, hopefully, you won't even need them, um, and it will just it will just go from there. And I think, uh, yeah, I think you'll get masses of people gravitating to you in no time. <laughs> yeah, so, I love it. I love yes. that. Awesome. <laughs> um, I I have one final question about your uh, SoundCloud, if I may. Um, there's a version. Uh, I, I didn't. I can't remember how long ago it was, but it's 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 one of the early tracks. You have a version of uh, "I Can't Make You Love Me" by Bonnie Raitt, mm. which is <laughs> which is fantastic. It is fantastic. Who oh, who's singing you. on that? There is you have you have a singer uh, on on a lot of a lot of sort of like the covers and some sort of vocal samples that you use. Who do you have a, a specific person that you use? Or uh, that would be me. Uh, you I do sing all, as well. I do oh. all the I do all the vocals. I don't <sighs> I don't consider myself I don't consider myself a vocalist in the least. But oh I, my you gosh. know, <laughs> you should. I, I, so, I, I can't believe that. I can't believe it. But I'm like, I was going to say, wait a minute, like you're that's crazy. 
Uh, That's crazy. Thank you. Thank you. It's I, so good. Uh, I, I was over the moon <laughs> that there's the, that glorious download button beside it oh. because I've, I've been mildly obsessed with it. Um, that It's it's really, really wonderful. Um, and oh. you sing as well. Oh, jeez. I mean, amazing. I don't, Imran, I don't, I think <laughs> the way that I, I, I sing as a function to sort of help uh, you know, melodically to think about ideas on the saxophone. I'm trying to accept the fact I, I do. I'm terrified. So to be perfectly honest, I'm terrified at singing in public. Like I, the thought of, so I have done background vocals. That was how I started singing. Actually. I was in a Motown cover band in Baltimore. That was wow. actually the first. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. It was this female fronted band, two female lead singers, and then I I played sax, and there was a trumpet player and a you know rhythm section, and we did all these Motown tunes, and we would do a lot of weddings, uh, kind of hipster weddings in Baltimore, and it was it was a lot of fun. That was the that was the first band I took a long break after college, playing all jazz stuff, and then I, I started in with this Motown band. And, uh, the, the kind of our, our band leader, this, this guitar player, he sort of said, can you do vocals for back, you know, backing vocals? And I was just like, oh my God, uh, uh, maybe. And he's (laughs) like, well, let's just try this out, you know, get, give me the microphone. And he's like, I didn't even know, like, am I an alto? Am I a soprano? Like, what is, I had never done any singing whatsoever, except to, you know, just like uh, help practice, you know, sort of there. So, um, yeah, so we start doing these four part harmonies, these Motown harmonies, like, um, um, will you still love me tomorrow? I mean, that was probably my favorite one to do. And he had me singing like the highest part of the harmony. I <laughs> have this high, you know, sort of range. Um, and he would do, he would take one of the parts kind of in a more of false of a falsetto with the two other women. So anyway, that's how I got started on vocals. And now, I mean, I would never do a lead vocal. The idea of doing a lead vocal in public, especially is, is just like, <laughs> so terrifying to me but uh but i but privately i can uh i can i can do vocals and so yeah i i do a lot of sometimes i i will just think of a uh of an idea i'll record it and then i'll kind of slice it up and sample it so that's a lot of what uh it may be initially a placeholder but then it kind of becomes part of the song i was going to ask because there's tracks on the love chord where that's that that method has been employed and that's yeah. you singing yeah that's me oh. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yep that's me amazing so yeah amazing yeah that's well so, thank that's you super cool um, thank you yeah wow Boundless. and i will say bonnie Raitt is uh I, i've loved bonnie Raitt um forever my dad um my dad is a brit so he yeah yeah he's from manchester and he has a really uh amazing kind of record collection i think i was able to hear a lot of different types of of music in a lot of ways because that maybe not not all americans here just because he was sort of exposed to different things but he was really into blues is really into sort of blues stuff and as was my mom and uh so bonnie rates i would like steal those records out of my dad's co- collection and 
she just, she has just such a, a, a gorgeous voice. So that was always, you know, um, I think I probably recorded that like after like a bad breakup, just alone oh. after a glass of wine or two or th- three, just like at the keyboard, trying to learn how to, you know, do different chord voicings and just singing, just real sad. So <laughs> Well, something magical came from that moment. So yeah, I, I, hope, I hope you see that. So uh, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's, it's always been a great song. There's been so many great versions of it. George Michael has a lovely version of it, but uh, that Ali Wilding cover of it. Wow. That's the one <laughs> for me. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've taken up loads of your time and oh I'm, I'm very uh, uh, sorry to, as I invaded your weekend, but it's, it's really been a, a, a joy to, to say, to kind of uh, just to talk about your processes and, uh just this wonderful wonderful uh ep in in the love chord i i i really adore it and i i look forward massively to 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 sort of future music and releases that i'm i'm very confident we'll get and um yeah the the boundless success you're going to get from this so uh so again congratulations um and uh so thank you so much for your time uh we uh i think i mentioned i hope i mentioned i i i may have been remiss i hope i wasn't i mentioned about a closing song that we kind of ask our guests on the on the podcast to kind of pick something from the love chord would be a, a a great pick or just anything that you're you're kind of uh that served of served as particular inspiration for you is, is there is there a song that you'd like to send people home um uh happy with yeah. at all sure yes um well thank you so much for for taking this time to chat with me it's been um fantastic so uh i really appreciate it uh and i can't wait for people to hear hear the record uh i think yeah what what could i go with i'm thinking Maybe Night Heron. I think Night Heron nice. uh, might be a nice closing, a nice closer. Nice, beautiful. It is a perfect closer. Is there, is there anything you could tell us about how that one came together at all? Uh, that one is really inspired by. It's kind of an interlude, and it's inspired kind of by these these night herons that would uh you know walk through the salt marsh in this area where I grew up this beautiful area that really did inspire a lot of the the record and uh then they would nest in the trees and uh and yeah so this is a song that was just kind of inspired by the sort of stillness of of a water bird in in nature so and in my in my little home community where i grew up on i'm kind of the outskirts of the bay area 